Hello, everyone. I hope that you are off to a great start, whether it's your morning, your middle of the day or evening. We have an incredible episode for you today because I get to interview one of my good new friends. I met her literally only not even a year ago, but we just click. We just love talking about the Lord. She has encouraged me so much and she is just such an inspiration and encouragement to deepen your relationship with the Lord. She teaches on the prophetic. She teaches on intercession. And I am so honored to be with her today. Her name is Brittany Doss, and she leads a ministry called Heart Full of Heaven. And so we are so excited to have you join our conversation as we discuss truly having a relationship with the Lord and what that looks like. So let's get to it. Welcome, Brittany, to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be with you today. I know. I just love talking to you anyway. So this is just a like added treat, an added bonus (laughs) to, to share all of your knowledge and wisdom with everyone listening, but also just to, I, I'd love to just, I want to share your heart for Jesus. I love your heart for Jesus so very much. And I mean, I'm inspired and I'm encouraged every day, every time I hear you every time we talk. I'm so encouraged to get into the secret place and to like seek the Lord, but you're, you have such a relationship with him that is so unique. And so I think so often we look at people who have like you yourself who have a relationship with the Lord or who are doing big things for the kingdom and have ministries and this and that. And then we look at ourselves and we're like, well, I don't know where to begin. Like, who am I? Like, I don't have that relationship with the Lord. And I think it's a good reminder to be like, it wasn't always this way, (laughs) you know, like the fire I have for the Lord didn't just happen overnight. Like he has done a mighty work in me and a process and though that process took years so i think that's always a great reminder to start off with everyone listening <laughs> that we didn't just arrive like we go through a process and so i would love to start there with you Brittany, on kind of what that process looked like and how people can relate to it now oh my word i love this question i have been walking with jesus pretty much my entire life. I grew up in a family that I think I am seventh generation believer on one side and eighth on the other. I don't think I ever remember not knowing who Jesus was. So I do have a lot of years. I am currently um, almost 41 years old. So that's a lot of years with the Lord, but I, I didn't learn how to really let him love me until I was in my early twenties and I hit rock bottom in my life. And I felt the most unlovable, the most imperfect, the most in need of forgiveness. And I thought to myself, there's no way a perfect God can love somebody like this. Mm-hmm. And I cried out to him in my desperation. I was actually in a deep depression mm-hmm. and I cried out, God, is there any chance that you love me? And as clear as my friend, like clear as you talking to me right now, I heard Jesus speak my name. And in that moment, it was like love rushed into my heart. Mm. He said to me, Brittany, not only do I love you, but I'll never leave you. Mm. And I don't know how much time passed. I know it was hours. I sat there and just wept at his feet. And I kept telling him, I didn't know. I didn't know this was who you were. I didn't know that you loved like this. 
And then my, my verbiage switched. People don't know, people don't know you like this. Mm. And in that moment, he held my face and he said, Brittany, they'll know. And he like looked at me in this sweet, but almost curious way. I now understand he was speaking my my purpose into me. Mm. I will I will spend my life telling people that he's not a distant God on a throne, but that he is Emmanuel, God with us, and he loves us. And not in the way that we know human love. This is a love like you have never felt. It is a love that washes away all your fears, that fills you with hope, that gives you joy on a sad morning, that in one conversation erased depression and removed suicidal thoughts I was having. It just I can't explain enough what his voice and his love did to me on that day but it had, it began a love story. And that's what I usually like to tell people. We think that when we engage with God, it's completely different than our other relationships. But if we believe the word of God, then we understand he's a real man. Jesus came as a man and that real man wants a real relationship with you. And so just like other relationships, you know, my husband and I, we've been married now almost 22 years. We're more intimate today than we were when we first met because of history. Mm-hmm. And that is the same with God. Our, our history created intimacy and a deeper knowing of one another that has formed a foundation of love that now cannot be shaken. That's so good. A love that cannot be shaken. I think that's so good. But what really struck me too is when you first said you learn to receive. I struggled with that myself. So I I I get it completely. And I think there's even moments that we, you know, in our in our life where I have to be reminded. I have to be like, God, like you love me. You love me. You know, I have to like keep reminding myself, you love me for me, not for what I'm doing for you, but you love me for me. You created me. And I think that's a major struggle for, for women across all ages, like all ages. I think, you know, I think we think we have to earn what's been freely given. Yeah. And constantly I'll have the Lord say to me, stop trying to earn my love. I'm right here. And it comes from not a bad place at first, you know, at first it's like, oh my word, I can't believe you love me when no one else does. What a beautiful free gift. And then you're like, I'm definitely going to pay him back. (laughs) And then it's like, no, wait, it was freely given. So when I try to earn it, that kind of ruins it. You know, it's like someone giving you a gift and you pay them back immediately. Like Desiree, thanks for the sweater. Here's 50 bucks. You're like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't make sense. But for some reason, that's what we do. It is. And I think it's because it's, it's how we see him. So the longer that I'm with him, um, the more I understand who he is and it changes how I come to him. Mm. So at first it's like, you know, I, I look at the story of Mary and Martha. It's a great example. So they're sisters. They both love Jesus. They both believe he's amazing. They want him in their home, but Martha saw him as a king that just needed to be served all the time. She had 
a revelation of him, but not the full revelation of him. Mm -hmm. Mary saw him as a bridegroom. She saw him as a friend and she wanted to just be with him. And she recognized what he wanted was her to be with him. She had a perspective of him that shifted her relationship with him. And for Martha, the same invitation was there, but she didn't stop her work long enough to recognize he wanted her at his feet too. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me over, I I say to people all the time, they're like, they're like, how did you get to this place with Jesus? Which (laughs) it's not a place you're trying to get. We'll break that off first. You know, it's not. Like in businesses, you have these corporate ladders to climb. That's not what we're doing in our walk with Jesus. Your walk with Jesus is a path designed for you and Jesus. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He's the only way through. And your life with him is like walking this beautiful path he created while you hold hands, hand in hand down the journey. It's not trying to climb to a level or get to a thing. And so I would say, how did I get to this point on my journey with him? I let him hold me. It was definitely (laughs) not my ability to grasp him. He held me and, and kept me and kept me through a whole journey. And while there's no shortcut to the intimacy, there are a lot of ways to get to know him outside of just your history with him. The word of God is a fantastic way to get to know him as bridegroom and friend and king and savior. You can know these beautiful facets of him through scripture. And as you read, you can ask him like, show me this is who you are because I want to connect with you this way. And those revelations can come through the word. They can come through other people's testimonies. You know, for a generation that's like obsessed with Amazon reviews, like we will not buy. (laughs) I mean, come on. You won't buy the $10 hairbrush without reading 10 reviews. That's actually so true. That is so true. (laughs) Total strangers. And yet we have some friends of God that we know that we're not asking, what's he like? What's he like? And instead of then, if you ask like a child, It says the kingdom of heaven belongs to children, right? Mm -hmm. So children ask questions. They don't compare. Now, as adults, we try to, we compare, they're further than me. And I don't know, that's a threat. But a child is like, how, how did you get there? What's he like? What have you seen? Like, what color is eyes? You know, they're asking Mm -hmm. childish, beautiful questions. I should say childlike, not childish. Childlike questions that provoke a heart that desires more of him. And if you lean in in that way, you'll see other people's testimonies as an invitation to something more, not an indictment on what you have or don't have. But we have to see like children. That's so good. I know. I love that. I think it's so hard because of experiences that so many people have gone through that we lose our, that childlike perspective so early that it's so sad we're told over and over grow up grow up you know and you'll know you you grow up when you're completely independent but I remember this conversation I had with God maybe about 10 years ago he said to me who told you that maturity in the kingdom is becoming independent Mm. and I was like 
wait, what? No, I guess that's American culture. And he said, listen, in the kingdom, if you depend on me more at 80 years old than you did at five, you did it right. Oh, I love that. Like as we mature in Christ, we should recognize our need for him more and more and more. We should recognize I need you more than I needed you yesterday. I need you. I need you to breathe. It's your breath in my lungs. I, I need you for my heart to beat. You know, people are like, do you really need the Holy Spirit to prophesy or what? I'm like, I need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart, brother. (laughs) (laughs) With me all the time. And thank God he is true to his promise, both in his word and on my sofa that day in my 20s. He never leaves. He never leaves. Never leaves. And I I love this so much. And I, I just get so excited because like you said, the more you get to know him, the more you want. And it's just like a relationship. Like when you first like have a crush or something, like how much time do you spend thinking about that person? You know, like you spend all day, like obsessing over all the things about that person. And then, you know, maybe you get together and then you obsess a little more. And I don't know. It's, it's like, if only we could obsess over Jesus a little bit more. And I think a lot of that stems from what we are allowing to fill our thoughts and fill our time and more now than ever, there's just so much pressure, so much, just so much busyness in everybody's life that I think what you're saying might be hard for some people just getting started in their relationship with Jesus. So how could they tangibly start? Oh, I think this is a great question. Okay. So just like any relationship, it starts with a conversation. So the best way I I encourage brand new believers um, is to learn how to hear his voice while you're having your time with God. I don't think that we are taught how to pray, but the disciples literally of all the things they watched Jesus do, the only thing they asked him to teach them was how to pray. So I became curious about that. Why did they ask, how how do I pray? Like, so I believe a couple things are true about our prayer life. And this is why this is so important. I believe that they watched Jesus go away with the father all the time. And when he came back, something was different about him. I think the same thing happened to him that happens to us. We feel encouraged, full of hope, full of joy. All of the striving went away when we really have been with the father. I think that's part of why they were like, Whatever's happening up on that mountain, I need to happen to me. But I looked up, what does that word mean, pray? Because I think in American culture, we believe that prayer is just us asking God for a list of things we want. You know, we'll we'll say like, what's your prayer list? What are you going through and asking God for? Wonderful. If you're having faith to ask God for stuff, don't stop. He says, ask anything in my name and it will be given to you. He loves to bless his children and he loves to hear your heart cry out to him. But prayer is so much more than that. This is where our intimate connection with God is truly made. In the secret hidden away place of prayer, which literally the word pray in that context, teach us how to pray. Pray is actually a word in Hebrew that means to express desire for someone. Mm. They had asked Jesus, how do I look at the God who spins the planets 
and tell him I love him. (laughs) Right. Intimacy with God. That was such a curiosity to them because they had only seen like religious priests go in and make sacrifices. They had not seen this intimate connection that was now available to all believers. And so they wanted to know, how do I connect with God? Not just shout out some prayers and kind of picture them bouncing off a ceiling and hoping something sticks. Mm -hmm. But how do I actually connect with God? So my encouragement to a new believer is your prayer time, your secret place time is so sacred. And many will say, I just don't have time. I'm busy. Mm -hmm. This is more important than any other thing on your list of things to do. And it's not a popular teaching to new believers. They'll say, well, if you only have five minutes, give them five minutes. I mean, for sure, start there. But you're going to have what you put into the relationship. So if you want an intimate relationship with Jesus, if you want to know the heart of God, and this is literally the most important thing, more important than anything you do for God will be whether or not you know and are known by God. We know this all through the word of God. So for the new believer, let me just break all striving off you right now. You could not even have given your life to God without him calling your name. You just didn't know that was his voice. Mm, Now now you'll know, right? Most of you didn't know my voice before today. But if you're (laughs) morning over and over, you know, eventually you'll be familiar with my voice. It is the same with God. But at the end of your life, you'll come down to one meeting with one man asking one question. Do I know you? So this, this part of being with God, is more important than anything else. This is the foundation, knowing God intimately. Everything else will come from this. Now, people who've been believers a long time will be like, you can't just sit around and be with God. You got to do, you got to do. Yes. God told me a long time ago, lovers get more done than workers. Fall in love with me and it will just come out of you. Like it's the work gets done, but we must know him. So set aside time, give time to God more than you are giving him now, whatever that is now, give him more of your time. I promise you there is nothing else that yields more return on investment than this. So give him time and learn to listen. Go into your time with God, knowing he's already speaking. I promise you, he's already speaking to you. You're learning how to listen. You're learning how to identify his voice and how he's speaking to you. So the starting gate is just this. Know that he loves you. Know that he's speaking and set aside time to learn how to hear him. That is what the foundational beginning of this relationship is and then you'll begin to build a history of what he's saying and who he is mm-hmm. that's why i i personally ever since i got back into my faith it was so important for me to have a prayer journal because mm-hmm. i felt like when i wrote down my prayer i was intentional with it and then i would wait and hear his response so it, it it's a it's a conversation that I was having with the Lord. And that's actually 
how I would make decisions, how I knew I was on the right path or how I just, if I was having a hard time with my identity, like how he would just fill me with so much love. And I think that's what is so hard though, with not, with just getting started is I was talking to um, a college girl that I mentor and this was exactly what we were talking about, but she said, you know, I think you're right. I think I just write down my prayer and then I close the book and I go off to my day and I'm not sitting and waiting. I think it's because we are so, we love like instant gratification. We just want, you know, we're done. Okay. We did our prayer stuff. We're, we're done for the day. We checked that box on our to-do list, but it's so important. I look back at those prayers and I mean, there's days I forgot what he had said to me in during that time. And when I look back, I just see his love. And I think that's what he wants us to do in his responses to us. He wants us to see and feel his love for us. And, you know, that is something I struggled with was receiving love. But I can't, I can't miss it because he has shown me so much because I take the time to pray and also listen. And so I just want to encourage anyone that if you're feeling down, if you're feeling unlovable, unworthy, like honestly, even just sitting on your couch, listening to the worship music pour over you, not thinking of anything else, you will feel his love pour in. And it's just so powerful. I I love that you mentioned the journal because that was one of the tips that God gave me to still my busy mind. Because mm. you know sometimes we go in and we're like our minds are racing and we're trying to come in for intimacy, but really all we want are answers. Mm. And it's like okay, I don't just want answers; I want intimacy. I want a connection with God. And that takes time and that my mind has to be still for that to happen. So one of the things God told me was when you come into your time with me, come expectant with a journal and a pen. So I'm like ready to write down. And now my journal is like, it's like this big old thing. So I'm like, I don't got time for that little bitty. No, I'm <laughs> Where really, let me, you know, pile up like a binder. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I need like a, one of those big old binders you bring to school in elementary school. That's what I want, you know, because <laughs> I want the word from God. I want to hear him. So he said, come with the journal ready to write expectant to hear me. Um, and so he told me to stop calling it quiet time and call it listening time mm. because I am expectant that something's going to happen. I'm not going to just sit there in silence. He's going to speak to me. And so I go with that. But one day I went in and my mind was racing and he was like, do you want, do you want a tip on how to calm your mind? And I was like, uh, yes, Holy spirit, tell me. <laughs> and, uh, he said, I want you to write down everything that's on your mind right now. So mm -hmm. I wrote everything down on this list. Like I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about this. He said, now I want you to lay it down and, and like, kind of like push it in front of you as if you have an altar in front of you mm -hmm. and just say, I submit all of this to you, God. Oh, amen. And now I want to hear what's on your heart. That was everything that was on my heart today, but I want to hear what's on your heart. And then a real conversation began. And when I say my mind was immediately still, it was, it's wild how it works. I would later find out this is scientifically proven that if you write, physically write down what you're thinking of, it's as if it empties it from your brain and you no longer think about it. 
So, so good. it's actually been scientifically proven that that will help you. And the Holy Spirit told me to do it. <laughs> Almost like he created us, you know what I mean? Right. So, so then he says, the next tip, he says, you have authority in the name of Jesus. So he told me to put my hand on my head and to literally say, mind be still in Jesus name. And I would just sit there and literally like bless myself. Like <laughs> you're not a worrier. You're a worshiper. You're mm-hmm. not anxious. You trust Jesus, you know, and I just would bless myself and command my mind to be still in the presence of God. Amen. And before you knew it, I actually was still. I, another thing that helped me learn to listen is I would play, um, it's some people call it instrumental or wordless worship. Um, there's a few great ones out there, but William Augusto is one of my favorites and you can play this music and it's almost like all the other noise in your mind fades away mm-hmm. and you're tuned into this music and it stills me enough that I can hear what God, like receive what God is speaking over me. That's good. I like that. I think that's so important for everyone who's just getting started to in their relationship and wanting more because it's not even just new believers. It's like people who just haven't done this, haven't been taught to pray, Mm -hmm. to pursue him as much as he pursues us. And so I think it's just so beautiful. Yeah. I love that you said he pursues us. This is, this is a game changer for how you approach God. It's one thing for us to believe that he's invited us into prayer, but it's a totally new ball game when you recognize he actually wants you there. Like I've talked to people who say they feel like their prayer time is like almost shortcutted because they feel like they need to get get out what they need to say and then get out of line. So someone else can come in and it's like, you're not in a line. You're in a relationship holding his hand again, walking down this path together. And he's not only invited you to that, he longs for you to be there. And when you realize when you're with a friend, you know, really wants you around, you're not looking at a clock thinking about when you should go or wondering what to say. Like, you're just enjoying being with them. So if that, if your mind can shift to the Psalms that says his good thoughts towards you outnumber the sand on every shore. You ever held just a handful of sand? <laughs> That's a lot of good thoughts. That's a lot his of good, good thoughts. thoughts towards you outnumber the sand on every shore like that's a friend that you can trust wants you to be there and you can stay as long as you want. I love that. Um, speaking of sand, I um, recently, just because I wanted to go deeper in my time with him and deeper in how I viewed him. Do you know what I mean? He, he actually invited me first. And then now it's my, it's the, t- it's what I do each and every time I go to him, but he said, come to the beach. And the beach is like my, my sacred place. Like I, there's a lot of memories at the beach where I felt the Lord, you know, as I was like pouring my heart out during breakups or during like hard times, I would go to the beach and I would just sit there. And um, so it was just, you know, the invitation is unique to every person. It's different in terms, I mean, in terms of like where he 
wants you to visualize meeting him. If you are visual, this might help you. It helps me. So every time now that I go to talk to the Lord or to pray, especially when it, when I just want to be with him, you know, there's, there's certain times for certain times of prayer, like kinds of prayer. So now I, I literally, I'll close my eyes and I literally visualize myself walking up to the beach. And he's always sitting there on the bank of the the sand facing the water. And I go and I always just sit, sit right next to him. And I lay my head down on his shoulder and he's always like, you know, like, how are you today? You know, and then I can just pour out my heart without feeling because he's not just up there on the throne. Like he wants to be our friend. And I feel like ever since I now can visualize that there's also less striving in my, in my feeling of needing, you know, like, oh, I need to do this and he'll love me. It's like, no, like he just wants to be with me. He wants me to come to the beach with him, you know? And it is in the, it's when I sit with him that he actually reveals a lot to me. He'll reveal things about what he's doing in my heart. He'll reveal things about what's happening. And that is, I don't know, it's like such a special sacred time. And I wish I would have done this much sooner because I feel like it's it's more personal and I want to go back, you know, every day. I'm like, Yes, Lord, meet me at the beach. <laughs> I love that. I think that people don't really teach on this much. It's mm-hmm. it's really what what you'll hear certain um, preachers and it is in the Word of God reference the secret place, and people don't talk about it. And they're like, "Well, what does that even mean?" And I'm not creative. Like we've got to stop saying stuff like that first of all, because the Holy Spirit inside of us is creativity itself. He is creativity and and you have a sanctified imagination through the lord and he wants to approach you in every way he's given you a chance to know anything or anyone so through your senses he wants you to be able to hear him see him smell him feel him you know taste him scripture says taste and see that the lord (laughs) is good there are so many ways that God speaks. And I love that you just referenced creativity, really creative people, which I think everyone with the Holy spirit is creative. And some people say they're not, I don't agree with that. They're creative in a different way. You know, they're like, I'm not creative. And then they come up with this math equation that I'm like, (laughs) yeah, that's creative. And so I think we just have a weird idea of that. Um, But He really creative people, typically he'll speak to them through dreams and visions Mm -hmm. Um, as visions during the day and dreams at night. This is all through scripture as well. If you want references, Um, he can speak through his word. Sometimes you're reading the Bible and it says that the word of God is living and Mm -hmm. active. It's not like any other book series that you would go and read. It is the Lord. He is the word and Um, So you can be reading the word and all of a sudden he just speaks to you through it. He can speak through a sense of knowing, like you ask him something and you didn't hear anything, but you just like know what he's saying. He can speak through what I call a spontaneous thought. Um, Scripture would describe it as a still small voice, but it's a thought that's like so inside of you that it feels like your own thought but you know, it's not your voice. Mm-hmm. He can speak in an audible voice. He can still speak through signs, wonders, and miracles. He speaks through prophets. 
He speaks through your friends. There, there are so, and those are just the ways we've heard of. Yeah. But our creative God can speak in so many different ways. And I think some people get stuck because he's not speaking in the way they expected. And so they're not recognizing it's God. But if you're hearing, you're seeing, you're feeling, and it aligns with the word of God, he'll never contradict his word. If If it aligns with the word of God, with the nature of God, with the character of God, then maybe he's just been speaking in a way you didn't expect. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so important to keep in mind. Like he knows us, so he will speak to us in a way we might understand, but it's not going to look like your neighbor or your friend or someone you follow on Instagram, <laughs> you know, like, like the way, just like what I mentioned, like he might not tell you to go to the beach cause you don't like the beach. And maybe that's not your secret place. <laughs> you know, maybe it's the coffee shop. Maybe you like being around a lot of noise, you know, like it's whatever. But, um, I think that's where comparison gets, you know, hard in our generation, in our society. It's so easy to compare. Or if we're not sure of who we are, we we don't know what to think. So then we take on someone else's perspective of something. And I, I'm I'm guilty of it. So I know what that's like before I discovered my identity in Christ, you know? So I get that. It's just so good to ask him, Lord, how do you want to speak to me? Show me. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're getting at. He's, he's our friend. We can ask him like, Hey, maybe I'm not getting it. Like, can you maybe show me a sign that I'm on the right path? (laughs) Here's the thing. I think some people think that that is getting too familiar and too casual with God. Mm. But I had God one time, um, one time God told me, he was like, Brittany, it's not that you are taking me casually. It's that you're taking me seriously. Mm said, what do you mean? And he said, you are taking seriously the fact that I told you in my word to come in boldly as a daughter and ask anything you want Mm -hmm. that I told you, I tore the veil so you could step inside and we could have conversations. Like you're not taking me casually. You're taking me seriously at my word and you're trusting me and you're stepping in like Oftentimes, like I would go to God before, almost like a servant coming in to speak to a king mm-hmm. and you're like shaking and you're like, <laughs> like, oh, please, Lord, can I have a portion, you know? And, and then he, you'd hear one word, thank you, Father, and you'd run out of the room. And it's like, that's not taking seriously what the word of God promises us. Like he promises that we're no longer slaves, we're friends. He promises that we're his bride of choosing. He promises that he longs for communion with us, that if we hear him knocking, we answer the door, he'll come in and dine with us. Like that scripture in that culture to come in and dine would be an entire day. They would spend a whole day lounging and enjoying one another. He he was saying serious things about our invitation to intimacy. And those of us who have never ending prayer, continual communion and conversation with God as a friend, we are not taking him casually. We're taking him seriously at his word. And we're saying yes to an invitation of intimacy forever. Mm-hmm. This isn't like a, like scripture says 
that eternity is knowing him. So some people are just waiting for a day to die to see him, but he actually promises us eternity starts now in the invitation to know him. So we're taking seriously his word and we're saying, we believe you, God. We believe your blood on the mercy seat was enough, Jesus. I'm covered. I'm pure. I'm made worthy because of your name. And I can come in like a daughter and spend all day with you. Take you seriously at your word. And I believe you, God. That is just so good. I hope you are feeling so blessed by everything that we are chatting about, by all of Brittany's wisdom and kindness to really share this. This is part one. If you are interested in continuing this conversation with us, go ahead and head to part two, which we'll be posting the following day, depending on when you listen to this first one. So enjoy, be blessed, and really take this invitation today to seek the Lord and ask him what he wants to share with you. So be blessed, go enjoy him, and until next time, take care.